Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin. And this week, Chris is not with us. He is in Oklahoma, I think. I can do my best Chris impersonation if you want. Yeah, and just be... I'm Chris, and I'm angry about the Blues. That's how it was last time you heard us. (laughs) This week, we got the one and only Jeff Ponder, who is joining us. Jeff of many different talents. uh, Hockeywriters.com, most recently on the Face Off show on KSDK.com. So please check that out. So how you doing, Jeff? Good. Uh, and want to clarify that is thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, the Can't hockey forget writers. the T-H-E. Um, but also, yes, the face-off hockey show on ksdk.com. I uh, find that on the sports tab. I think it's under the videos tab as well. Um, kind of what Jason and Chris do every week, but... Uh, it is also including video, so you get to look at my ugly mug every week as so, well. And you guys do a great job on that. So thank you. I like and, to think so. And Chris, and excuse me, Jeff. I'm used to saying Chris, he's right there. But Jeff helped us out getting this back on the air, so we greatly appreciate that. It so, was uh, fun getting you guys back. I knew that there might be some things in the works for me as far as KSDK, which uh, pretty much means I can no longer podcast just because of whatever way you want to word that nicely to where I I don't want to be a conflict of interest Mm -hmm. for KSDK. So I wanted to make sure there was still somebody out there talking blues, and uh, I'm glad that uh, that's you and and Chris because you guys do a pretty good job, and I listen every week. I love the emotion that I hear from you guys. I told you about this last show. You guys were awesome, especially Chris, no offense. Yeah, I know. He was so angry, and it it just showed what blues fans were thinking just every blues fan at that moment and i loved it and i love that you left it uncensored too because that was perfect yeah i think that was the way to go in the last one so this one we're back to our normal ways on that portion but uh, oh that's a shame yeah so we're just gonna go through um kind of a rehash on this of course but as it, as most of us know the blues were eliminated by the chicago blackhawks in six games Ooh. so um since jeff was obviously done like his thoughts on this i was trying to get jeff's thoughts as a whole on the series well let's just say this um the blues need to trade barrett jackman for evgeny malkin uh ryan miller is the worst goalie to ever play the game and uh let's see what uh, uh fire hitchcock fire armstrong that's what every fan's saying right now, right? Pretty, that's pretty close to it. And STL Today forums, yeah. that's definitely true. That's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. Love you guys over the asylum. Uh, no, we, uh, you know, you want to talk about Ryan Miller a little bit, but I'll just say right now, I don't think he was as bad as a lot of people are saying he was. Um, obviously, that goal in Game 3 was killer, but how many weak goals have Blues fans seen over the years? You know, that's something that your offense has to overcome. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't overcome it. Um, in terms of the team and the game and just the whole season, um, you know, I still look at it. If you would have asked me at after that last game my thoughts on the Blues, I probably would have, like Chris, been very angry and, um, you know, said they should have done this, they should have done that. But, you know, that doesn't help anything. It, it, this is the Blues. This is what we have to deal with. It's time to move forward. Um, obviously, I think there's some crap on the uh, – Bottom two lines that we're going to get rid of, uh, including someone who had just signed a one-year, $4 million deal. I think mm-hmm. you know who I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> um, former Buffalo Sabre, for those yeah. of you that don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that 
We're in still, you know, people, if you're getting ready to jump off the bridge, don't. Because we still have a good young core. Um, and, you know, TJ Oshie, you know, I know a lot of people gave me trouble for something I wrote about him. But, you know, he's still that good heart and soul guy you need in your lineup. Uh, David Back is still a good leader. And obviously our defense was a little shaky there at the end. But I think they'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is going to be just fine for the future. But I will say, the only problem that I saw all year, it had nothing to do with what we saw on the ice, it was the advertising that bothered me the most. Mm. The uh, the commercial that was run towards the end of the year about the playoff packages, yeah. David Backus talking about, you've seen what the predictions are, and they show the Blues winning the Stanley Cup and the NHL yeah. 14 or whatever. Yeah. That was come on. You guys haven't done anything oh, to we've broken records. Look at us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you haven't done anything to prove that that's the level you're at. And I know that's the predictions, but come on. You know, let's just talk about the team on hand. And and you know, I'm, I'm not an advertising guru, but just didn't seem right. And then the TJ Oshie commercial in the uh, in the playoffs with him scoring like five shootout goals, and then them saying, "What's he going to do next?" And it's like nothing because not anything that you showed because that was shootout goals. So that's my only problem that I had. If if you want to ask me if I'm still angry, it's probably just about that. So hopefully the Blues advertising department picks their game up next year and uh, gives us something more enjoyable to watch when the game's not going. Yeah. So obviously a disappointing end once again for the third season in a row. Kind of four games in a row and we're out the third season in a row so that's kind of uh so i think blues fans are kind of i think going from just disappointment to plain uh frustration and anger i think it's where this this season feels different compared to past playoff uh well i think it has to do with the predictions i mean this is you know 2012 2013 was the first real year that we were considered contenders that people started picking us i remember the big pick was blues versus rangers in the stanley cup final um but you know when it happens one year it's kind of like okay well they'll come back next year pretty much the same team coming back they'll be fine they'll figure yeah, it out like the la year was like that team was just a buzz sauce so yeah like, okay well that team was just on a roll yeah and and la had our number and yeah. we knew that so you know that year was uh was a little different but this year you know you had the full season it wasn't a half season like the lockout year and you know we heard the predictions as back is said in the commercial that the blues are going to make this big run into the playoffs it's going to be this big long thing you know fans sit in and be ready for june and then you're knocked out in the first round and i think you know i think all the fans who have just been so angry and have been claiming that they won't come back which we all know isn't true mm-hmm. um i see your anger and i understand it and and as i said from you know me i'm still a little mad about it too but life goes on the team will improve doug armstrong's not just throwing his arms in the air and saying well there's nothing else i can do he's gonna make some moves to make this team better and i think we all just need to realize that you know there's only one team that wins the cup every year and yep. it can't be the blues every year as blues fans know so, uh, you know, they'll come back next year, and, and as the Blues fan slogan goes, there's always next year. Yep, once in my lifetime is all I ask. Yep, that's that's what my dad keeps saying, too. And he's he's getting up there, so yeah, hopefully so, that changes. Yeah, like once, in, once, <laughs> once in my lifetime be fantastic. Yep. So uh, another point of Blues fans' anger this year was some comments made by uh, unrestricted free agent Ryan goalie Ryan Miller. Um, way out of context in my thing, my – opinion 
basically the comment, the last line of his almost 10 minutes of taking questions from reporters, his last line when they asked, well, what's ahead for you? He said, quote, I don't know. I guess I'm free to go to my sister-in-law's wedding. That's about it. Blues fans lost their ish on this one mm-hmm. and basically saying, get him out of here. Um, but Ryan Miller is very self-deprecating from everything you read from Buffalo. He's very down-to-earth guy and kind of very even keel. He doesn't get outside of the when he got hit in the head by Milan Lucic. He's pretty even keel type guy. Like he doesn't get too too excited, yep. too down, which is what you need for from a goalie, I think. So a lot of Blues fans were upset at this comment. I figured I'd bring that up. Yeah, no, and and I think that you know it's definitely worth bringing up. It's something that really kind of got headlines here in St. Louis, and even saw some people in Buffalo talking about it. And um, if you talk to anyone from Buffalo, they're going to tell you, well, that that's Ryan Miller, you know, and that yeah. and that's kind of what we started to notice too throughout the year. I mean, he. He's that type of guy that he's gonna, you know, make that little sarcastic joke, or you know, he's just gonna be like, "Well, you know, things happen." And, and you know, maybe I shouldn't mention this, but my old uh, co-host Justin from the Bash Brothers podcast, which mm-hmm. R.I.P. to that, but yeah, uh, yeah we um, we used to talk all the time when we were younger, and we'd see Ryan Miller play, and he throw out some unbelievable game, make 45 saves or whatever, and then he'd, of course, give up one goal and you'd be the Ryan Miller shutout. But um, after the game, they'd interview him and he'd just be all calm, be like, yeah, you know, just made some big saves, you know, just do whatever I could to help the team. My co-host and I sit there and say, he just looks like he smokes a bowl right before his interview. And he's just like, yeah, you know, it's cool. Gonna go home tonight and, you know, maybe maybe watch a little Harold and Kumar. You know, I mean, it's just... He just he's that type of guy, and I think that yeah, you know, you want to see your goalie kind of wear his heart on his sleeve. But you know what, Blues fans, we saw that with Yaroslav Halak, and we didn't like it. Yep. Nobody liked the way he did interviews either. So it's one or the other. You're not going to get this uh, David Backus type that's going to you know point fingers at himself and you know say, oh, we could have played better. That's who Ryan Miller is, and I think we just need to accept it if, uh, you know, moving forward, because complaining about it all summer long is going to do nothing for anybody. Yep, correct. And uh, so, Blues going out the lockers. Uh, Chicago moves on. We'll get into uh, some NHL playoff discussion a little bit later on. Can't believe I'm saying this, but let's go Kings. Yeah, so it looks <laughs> like the Kings are going into the Western Conference Finals, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh so the Blues did actually make some changes to the coaching staff, which uh, surprised some, especially me. I thought they should have done a little bit more, but let's get into that real quick. Basically, Coach Ken Hitchcock, his uh, contract was extended for just next year, which I thought was very interesting, how it was just one year. So for the 2014-2015 season, he has been extended along with uh, Coach Ray Bennett and also Brad Shaw. Who I think Shaw had a technically a contract for another year anyway, mm-hmm. but Bennett's contract was uh, up. Yes. So, but two coaches were not renewed: assistant coach Gary Agnew and goaltending coach Corey Hirsch, which I thought was interesting to say. Yeah, that. and I've heard a lot of people say that uh, you know Hirsch took the fall for Ryan Miller. Basically, Ryan Miller losing and and you know not playing the goalie that we thought that he would be. Uh, that is what got Corey Hirsch fired, or I guess. Not renewed, renewed, Um, you know, but I, you know, and and I, to plug my own show, um, (laughs) my co-host, Mike Pepping, he actually is, uh, was a pretty darn good goalie in his day, probably should be in the NHL, but uh, 
was someone that uh, you know kind of got to college and decided, you know what, I would rather party, which I think yeah. we all do, yeah, right? All do, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I and he would he's told me before that he thinks Corey Hirsch was just mechanically not that great to work with. Like he's uh, the way he preaches to his players is just not. The way that uh, Elliot or Halak or Miller are going to respond, and he was very—he also had a very—he was very far back in the net. Yes, he was. Goalies, um, and we've I, seen that with the Blues goalies. Miller was more of oh, he had to, he had to cut off angles. He'd come out quite a bit, as we saw yep. early on when he started first couple games. A couple of times he got beat because he was really yep. far out, and then the Blues defense is not used to our goalies doing that, so. As you could tell, as you not to cut you off, but as he went on, you could tell that Miller was playing back more. Which, not saying that this did affect him, but when you're trying to adapt to your team and maybe you're changing your style to yeah, fit right. the team, that could possibly affect you after you've been you're playing a certain way. Obviously, Buffalo for he had the same goaltending coach for a long time up there, which yep. I think was Jim Corsi. I want to say possibly yeah, yes. So no, and I, I think also looking at it this way. Uh, Jake Allen is your goalie next year. You know, mm-hmm. whether he's going to be the starter, the split starter, or the backup, he's the goalie that we're going to want our goalie coach to work with the most. He's the future of this team and that. Um, so I think they're going to, they're, I think that this just kind of was perfect timing for the Blues to say, okay, you know what? We're going to move on from Hirsch and we're going to try to bring in somebody who fits more of Allen's style and, you know, can coach him along in the way that he needs to be coached as an NHL goalie. So, um, you know, once again, I, I want to reiterate, don't know much about the goaltending position myself. I've played defense my whole life. But mm-hmm. from what it sounds like, uh, this was just more of a move to, to me to uh, uh, getting someone in there that knows how to coach Jake Allen a little better and uh, bring him maybe quicker into the top game that he can have in an NHL arena. Yep, so... I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, time for the Blues coach. What do you think about Hitchcock? Should he been have been extended? I think he's fine for another uh, year. I yeah. still think uh, I think NHL just it's the second worst coaching spot to be in outside NFL where you're not giving enough time to implement things. Where um, I think he's at the point where stuff is definitely implemented because you've had the same pretty much team for mm-hmm. numerous amount of years. So um, and he's obviously the guy's won games. I mean, he's done very well in Philadelphia, from what I read. He pretty much took the fall for the GM, and obviously uh, Holmgren has been up there has yeah, done well. That so, guy's terrible. So pretty much uh, <laughs> he did his best up there. In Columbus, before this year, he led them to their only playoff you know, mm-hmm. appearance. So obviously the guy can work wonders. The question is, is he a short-term fix or is he a long-term well, that's going to, I think, get into something else you're going year. to mention in a minute. But, um, you know, I th- I like Hitchcock. Um, people have been claiming that as much as they hate Ryan Miller, that they need to get rid of Ken Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to say that because how many coaches has this core gone through? You know, how many times are we going to keep firing a coach until we say it's the players that are the problem? You know, and I'm not trying to say that we need to ship everyone out. We need to revamp the team because that that's stupid. You don't need to do that. But you know, it's not Hitchcock at this point. I think his system, it's shown, has worked pretty well. The only problem with Hitchcock, and you might even say this is whoever's running the power play, which I believe was Ray Bennett. If I'm mistaken, please email the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, his only problem is the power play. 
if you can get that power play worked out, the system is working fine for the most part. And let's face it, I mean, I still think the Blues played okay in that playoff run. They didn't, you know, it's not like they were blown out every game by the Blackhawks. They won two games. I mean, yeah, they were close, but, you know, they played well enough. I think if they would have played, which, you know, that kind of goes back to uh, the end of the season, if they would have played the Wild or even the Avalanche, I think we would have been fine. Yeah. But just... Meeting up against the former Stanley Cup rival or uh, Stanley Cup winner and uh, just playing that style that in six games is yeah. just so hard to do because they they're to, so quick and they know how to turn it up too. They're too, yeah. That's when they I can't remember the stat off the top of my head right now, but like I think from games five, four, five, and six over the last few seasons, uh, Chicago is like fourteen and two or something. Yeah, like that. that's so pretty they know ridiculous. how to close out. I, I want to say they're like seven and zero oh in their last seven game sixes yeah so they're ridiculously good and and let's face it that's where the blues should be yep the blues should be able to say the same thing that when the going gets tough they get better they're not so we have to hope that that's what's changing and that's why i like this one year contract for him because i think it's kind of telling him okay you've got this year you're going to have to figure something out this year otherwise we're probably going to tell you you're not coming back yep so i think that's pretty much this pretty much the uh Get it done or you're out. Yep. Uh, so that leads on to the coaching vacancy that was filled pretty quickly. So the and it's a former. I thought it would take till September. I thought I, would, I, would I really did. Yeah, I was expecting it throughout the summer type yep. thing, but uh, it was filled pretty quickly after uh, a lot of coaches lost their jobs. Of course, what happens after the season's over? Uh, Carolina Hurricanes fired their coach Kirk Muller, and he comes over from uh, there to St. Louis as the assistant coach. Uh, he played with Hitchcock. I played with Hitchcock, but was on his team in Dallas for three seasons. Mm-hmm. So another connection there, which is more than likely. And uh, so here's some stats about Kirk Muller joining the team. Played 19 seasons from '84 to 2003. Uh, th- over 1,300 games. Played for the New York Islanders, New Jersey, Montreal, Toronto, Florida, and Dallas. Uh, I like to remember him most as a Florida Panther. I was saying I didn't know he played the Panthers. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Montreal is where I would say he was the uh, made his. I name. remember him most as a star, but I think it's because that was the team that we just hated. Yeah, because they were always a, a tough team to play. But but yeah, I would say universally he's mostly known as a, a Canadian. So he was uh, a two time uh, team captain for uh, New Jersey through, uh, and Montreal for there. He uh, had over 127 postseason games. 69 points, and he scored actually the Stanley Cup clinching goal in the Montreal uh, when he's on Montreal for the 93 team. So, uh, very good uh, perennial from him. How, but, do you have, do you, are you on hockey reference? What are you I on right on, now? I just had the Blues press release. Okay, right well, um, you know what award he won a couple different times, right, in the NHL? The Selkie Trophy. That's right. There it is right there. And that, uh, to me, is what speaks to the signing. I think that uh, the Blues have this system right now of these guys that play two-way really well. I mean, how many – you don't have to actually give me a number, but how many two-way players do we have on this team? A lot. A lot. And that's that's what Mueller was known as. He was known as a a great defensive player that, uh, you know, can put you in on offense but is mostly there for – you know, playing the defensive side of the puck. I, I want to say he won like four Selkie trophies, but I could be wrong on that. Um, once again, email the show if I'm incorrect. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, I think, is what really brought this signing in. And I will say that the whole Stars connection is getting old. I'm getting yeah. tired of that. I mean, all right. these former Stars in the system and, 
just I'm tired of it. I mean, it, it it's not working, but at the same time, I don't. It's hard for me to claim that this falls into that. Yeah. The Brendan Morrow signing, the Steve Ott acquisition, those fall into that. This doesn't. I think this guy's a head coach, and I think that there is a chance that he would have stayed on the market uh, and you know, maybe next year would have gotten another head coaching gig. Yep. And he's uh, he did tell the Blues that um, head, head coach is still like his – what he's shooting for right so, and i think that if it opens up mind you with the blues maybe next mm-hmm. year so he did sign a two-year contract so he could technically be mm-hmm. a potential fill-in if something doesn't work out or um he might move on because he just wants to be he does want to be head coach he did i think that's what it is i think he's wanting to to you know maybe hone his skills a little better under the guy that that coached him uh in dallas uh obviously they know each other fair, very well it seems like he might be coaching a similar style to Hitchcock. So, you know, maybe he picks up some things along the way to help him when he moves on to be a head coach himself. But at the same time, and I think Hitchcock knows this, someone, if something happens, let's say they, they fall flat on their face early in the season, or we have a three-peat of what happened in the playoffs again mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Barrett Jackman and uh, mm-hmm. Alex Steen scoring game-winning goals and then yeah. us losing the next yeah, four. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing happens again. Um, I think Hitchcock knows that his the next, the guy who's going to take his job is already there, yeah. that they're not going to have to go and interview a bunch of guys, and Mueller is the next guy that's going to step in because he can coach a similar style and it won't – be a huge shock to the team because he's already there he's already behind the bench so uh yeah and and i think that that's a good thing for everyone involved because hitchcock knows that but at the same time it's someone that he knows well so yeah he might feel slightly threatened by this guy but at the same time it's his buddy it's someone i'm sure he still talks to uh i just think that all around this was a great signing for the blues it's obvious he's familiar with with armstrong and the way he wants to run things too. So I'm for it. I like this signing. Uh, overall, I think he'll fit the mold that we've seen this team have for the last couple seasons. Yep. So his coaching record is uh, very even, or exactly even, 80-80 and 27. Uh, so he spent uh, had a little stint in the AHL with the Milwaukee Admirals in 11-12, and 12, uh, and he was, actually had five seasons as assistant coach with Montreal Canadiens from 06 to 11 where he was a uh, – Worked on both the power play and the uh, penalty kill, which um, at the time they were in the top ten uh, penalty kill those five years. So we already have a pretty good penalty kill, but it doesn't hurt to have a little extra voice. Hopefully he can fix the power play after that two for 29. Well, he had uh, some pretty terrible numbers. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but uh, I have seen the power play numbers in Carolina. They were in the 20s, I know that. Yeah, so, so I, I really don't think he's going to have too much to do with the power play. I I would like to see that something where Hitchcock takes it back over if he hasn't already, because it seemed like when he came in and said that, you know, uh, they asked him, about, are you going to fix this power play? And he said, give me two practices or whatever yeah, he yeah. said. Um, and then he was right. Right away, the power play was better. Looking, yeah. So if that happens and Hitchcock takes back over, they work some magic, power play gets better, then I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. But uh, Hang on, the Blues are still cycling the puck. Yeah, right. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking right now for his awards. I, I want Now I'm curious true. how many uh, okay. awards he won. I'll uh, go on and just give, throw some name out for the possible goalie coach candidates that have been out there that I've read. Uh, the th- top three that I've seen is uh, Mitchell Korn, who has been a well-known goalie coach throughout the years. 
Um, worked with many goal, different goalies. I don't have that list in front of me, unfortunately. Uh, Jim Corsi, who was the goalie coach for Ryan Miller all those years. So who knows if that is kind of a package deal type thing. You never know if that works out. Maybe that helps Miller sign here. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, another in-house candidate, uh, Ty Conklin, who's actually been working with Jake Allen and Jake Allen and Jordan Biddington, and they've had uh, very good things to say about him. And a lot of people in the organization like Ty Conklin, so who knows if he just gets promoted to the full-time goalie coach for the you know basically the Blues team instead of working with the minor league goalies. And the out there candidate, which I would just love just because its name is Curtis Joseph. Yeah. Apparently he has said that he does want to get into coaching. Who knows if that happens with the Brett Hall connection. You never know. I still voted for uh, Adam Oates as for the uh, assistant coach since he did very good for the power play in Washington. But when you have Ovechkin, pretty easy to have a decent power play up there. Yep. So, uh, but we'll see who the goalie coach is. I think that's that's one that will definitely drag into September because that's just kind of those things just to have a goalie coach. I we'll think, see. I don't uh, think that's going to. Dr- I don't think that's going to be something that's filled as fast. As- no, and I, I don't think it needs to be. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they're going to wait at least till they find out who their other goalie is going to be, and then go from there. Yeah, I think as I said, the the main priority is getting someone who will work well with Jake Allen, but at the same time, you need to have someone out there that's going to be able to work well with. Miller or Brian Elliott or whoever else is going to be our goalie, yep. Jonas Hiller, uh, Jonas Gustafsson, whoever it's going whoever to be, Vincent Riendo. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we'll, we'll see whoever it'll be. But, um, but yeah, and this is something I don't want to speculate too high on. I mean, it could be anyone, someone that we've never even heard of. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Mitch Korn, so the, one of the best in the game. Yeah. Uh, be You know, as far as uh, his success rate, I'd say his is pretty high. Working with uh, Pecorine and a couple other yeah, guys, that's a big one. Um, but uh, you know, I, this could go either way. I mean, I'll admit when when uh, they hired Ed Belfour a couple of years ago, I weird, had yeah. no idea that he was even in coaching. So yeah. um, you know, it, as I said, it could be anyone. But um, kind of open for a higher profile name, maybe someone that's as much as I hate to say I hate the Stars connection and then be okay with it. It was someone that's worked with Hitchcock before. Yeah. That'd be fine too. Uh, Francois Lair would be fantastic. Yeah, is he in Colorado? He's in Toronto, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. and he's just the the father of goalie coaching. So yeah. that'd be great, but don't know if you'll be able to coax him back to or out here to St. Louis. So we'll yeah. see. But uh, you know, Jason, put your resume in. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> never know, but not going to happen. So let's go on to our next portion of the show, which is how to revamp the Blues. So, oh uh, boy, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. So, um, I kind of mean Chris obviously went over this a little bit last time, but it was kind of full of anger. So I tried to <laughs> a little rationalize. I didn't, I didn't think I was too crazy, but I think I kind of just settled down and we'll go through some stuff. Uh, so I'll give a list of the UFAs and RFAs, and then Jeff, you kind of give me an idea. Say yes uh, or let no. Me, let me ask you a question before we get into that. Go. Do you feel that someone from this core needs to go? See, the your definition of core, which means if you listen, me and Chris had a discussion last time. Out of the whole core that's left, um, I included Patrick Berglund. Okay. Um, he did not. He went over, I think he included Saboka over Berglund. My core, I, I, I've had this discussion many times, so no. I'm, I'm prepared. I had like a top seven. I think seven is like considered a core. My core, which I don't remember my numbers, so let's, let's just list them. Mine is Oshie, Bacchus, Petrangelo, Shattenkirk. And Steen. I had five. Five? Yep. Okay, so Tarasenko's not in there? 
Uh, and okay, I want I would include Tarasenko on, on, on the outside, but I I don't think either. Let me just go ahead and put that out there right now. We shouldn't move either Tarasenko or Schwartz. To the court, yeah. But they, I they would shouldn't I them. would say yeah. If you want to include them, that that means that I have seven. Yeah. So I think that's I think it's pretty much what I had there. I didn't take it back. I had uh, I think I didn't have Shattenkirk. I think I had uh, Berglund instead, just because okay. in my rationale, well, that was um, he was brought in as kind of the original like this is our start of like we're going to be good again. Right. No, you're right. Guys. I, so, my my view of a core though is basically the guys that you don't want to trade. Yeah. Like you look at a roster true. and you pick these guys and you say these guys should not be traded unless you get something crazy. True. That is my core of guys. The got the the 5 to 7 core guys that you would normally say should not be traded, but mm-hmm. in this instance do you think that's something a shakeup is needed with those guys? Um, and I'll let you go off your core, my core. So my core was and Berglund. Let's go ahead and leave him out since he's a free agent. Okay. So my core is Steen, Bacchus, Oshi, uh, Petrangelo, um, and then I had Tarasenko and Schwartz just because okay. of how they performed. I so think with Berglund, that made seven. Yeah, Without so him, you've seven. got six. So my thing was out of all those guys. Steen, like the problem is with a couple of those guys is like they're locked in with a uh, pretty high cap numbers. Yeah. Also, um, no trade clauses. So right. With Steen and Bacchus. Um, so basically, you're looking at the people you can move is Oshi, Tarasenko, Schwartz, um, and that's it. And Petrangelo has a no trade as well. Uh, so you're looking at and then Berglund is the UFA or RFA, excuse me. So. Um, I'm a big Pratchett Berglund fan too. That's the thing. Like I'm, I guess I support the people that people hate. Like mm-hmm. I really like Bear Jackman too. People, I like Patrick Berglund a lot. Yeah. So people, I have his jersey. Yeah. People, people get on my case about that constantly. Um, but um, Patrick Berglund, I just think if you accept him for what he's going to be, he's going to be a third line guy. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. You have the tools to be a first, possibly a first, but definitely a second line center. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. It just hasn't worked out for whatever reason. Because you, you, yes, like the Sedins blossomed late. I think that's kind of a anomaly. Mm-hmm. I think you you know what you have out of Patrick Berglund now. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to move on for Patrick Berglund. I agree. Um, unfortunately, I think it'll be good for him. I, I think, so. think it'll be good for the Blues. Um, I think you can make your roster a little more dynamic, uh, a little more speed. That's one thing Patrick Bergen kind of lacks. That's something that the team lacks yeah, in I think general. you need to add, I think, putting somebody like Pay RV on your third line yes. as your third line left winger over Berglund. Yep. Yes, his defensive uh, aspect isn't there compared to Berglund, but I think at the end of the day you can trade Berglund and get uh, something for him, like a draft pick of some sort, maybe a decent prospect to kind of refill your prospect pool that has kind of been – Ranked very very low in terms of prospects. I think twenty right fourth is what I saw. Yeah, um, and I looked it up the other day. So, and then if you graduate Yaskin and Raddy, I'm that's even lower. I'm saying yep. you're probably almost at number thirty. Yeah, because there isn't much. Um, your defensemen, not good. A lot of them. Uh, Hackenpah. I would say Hackenpah is probably number one, and he sat almost the whole playoffs for the Chicago yep. Wolves. That might just saying that's just he is slow. Yeah, he's very slow. And very. Um, Plays like Roman Polak, but without the speed. And I think Cade Fairchild's very good, but the problem is 
I don't think his game translates to the He's NHL. very small. He reminds me of like another Chris Russell. Or like uh, Mark Kandari. Correct, who yep. technically was back with the organization, but not really. Yeah, he's back with loan, the Wolves. On loan. Yeah. But uh, so uh, I, I think it is something with the core. I think you still have to stick with those guys because they're very good. They fit what your team identity is. Is basically a strong two-way game. Um, but I think uh, some of the, I say, higher-end Second tier players, I think it's time to move on from. I think Patrick Berglund is one of them. Um, I'm even going to say this, which might get me kind of some crap because you can't really move on from him. I think it, depending on who you can get to move into this spot, um, two of these three guys need to go on defense. Uh, Roman Polak. Yes. Jordan Leopold. Maybe. Ian Cole. Jordan Leopold would be hard to do with. Yes. Uh, the no trade clause. I am one hundred percent with you on Pollock. Um, I just—he's our quote unquote tough guy, but yet he's not. Well, he, you can push guys against the boards and hit guys a little bit. That's okay. Yeah, but in front of the net, like everybody's complaining, like we need a puck clearing guy in front of the net. That should be him. Yes, I agree. He's supposed to be the guy who constantly benches. And all this crazy stuff when they do the physical stuff at the beginning of the training camp where he mm-hmm. like blows everybody out of the water. But yet, that dude does not move anybody in front of the net. No, he doesn't. Barry Jackman and moves more people than him. Barry Jackman is supposedly the worst defenseman ever been <laughs> right. around, according to most Blues fans. No, I, I will tell you, and I, I used to be a huge Roman Pollock fan. Back when we were rebuilding, and it was him and Jackman basically as our one, two, one, three guys yeah. with Burt Brewer, of course, mixed in there, who was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I've always been a fan of his. But And somebody brought this up to me, and it was actually uh, Justin Wilson, my old co-host. Um, he has not been the same, and I don't know if you remember this, since Kyle Clifford one-punched him I remember and that. knocked him out. That, and, I, it, and it just hit me when he said that. I'm like, you know, ever since that happened, that is right about the time when I feel like he has just lost his physical game his puck moving hasn't been as good as it used to be. I mean, he's never been like a true, like yeah. perfect passer, but it just seems like he's he fallen into that. You know, I know you love Barrett Jackman, but something he's guilty of a lot oh, is, is turning the puck oh, yeah. over. Oh, no, Pollock I, is too. So when you have both those guys out there, you can't pairing. get the puck out of your defensive zone. Yeah. So you know, and it's just it's been a problem. I think a lot ever since that happened with Kyle Clifford and and. I'm ready to see him go, too. I think right now his value is still good enough to where you can get something decent back. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to get top-line talent. Correct. But, you know, with all these UFAs, which we'll go over um, on the Blues team, you know, we're going to we're gonna need some more grinders down there, either whether we're bringing those guys back or signing people. Maybe instead you get... Someone who's decent on the third or fourth line, and you move Pollock for him. Yeah, so that's, just I a think, thought. It's not a bad. He's on a decent contract, two point seven five for the next two years. So then he's a UFA after that. So you, if you somebody who trades him, they have him for a couple of years. So and a be, team like a and as I hate to say this, and Blues fans will be angry that I even mentioned this. Detroit Red, Red Wings, Wings. Yep. they're not in our division anymore. They need tough defensemen. Uh, you know, you might be able to get someone from them from their bottom two lines. You yeah, know, it might be someone we hate, but you, you never know. Like that, um, yeah, because they're talking. I know they're not keeping Kyle Quincy. I read recently. Yeah. So I mean, they're they might be in the market because they have a couple guys they got now are kind of like us, like yeah. uh, the 
the Kaiser is uh, kind of reminds me of Joe uh, Jay Bowmeister a little bit. Yep, smooth skating, moves the puck, can score some goals, but not as tough. Yep, on the back. So um, I'll, I'll go through a list of everybody that's a RFA or UFA on the Blues, and you kind of give me you know give me a dollar amount if you don't want to. It's not a big deal on that one. If you want to, no problem. Alrighty, uh, but let me know if they'll be with the team or not. Uh, we just discussed Patrick Berglund. He's an RFA. Um, you know, and, and I want to side with you again, and, and everyone listening probably doesn't agree with us, but I love Berglund, and I just I hate how much hate that guy's gotten over mm-hmm. the years. And, and I just feel like every time something happens, it it's always Berglund's fault. Yeah. It's always Berglund's fault. And, and I know that Jackman kind of falls into that same realm, too, that if he's on the ice, it's Jackman's fault. It always is. And and I'll admit though, Berglund, I mean, and we we it came out afterwards that he was playing with, I believe, a dislocated shoulder in the yeah. playoffs. He didn't help his cause at all in the playoffs for, for the hate. He I, played um, I thought he played some of his worst hockey. I agree. Um and it was it was hard for me to watch because people call me a Berglund apologist. I call myself a Berglund fan. Yeah. Um because I love the way he plays the game when he's on. He he has that potential. Let's all remember what he did before he got hurt. Between the Olympics and when he got hurt, he was one of the top two Blues forwards, I thought. Yeah. Maybe top his, three. Yeah, the Olympics. But, normally, when he's on the, I don't know what it is for the Olympics. He does somehow, well, international hockey, that something clicks for that guy. I don't know if it's just the, the, the wider ice surface. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's something. But either way, I, even when he's not scoring goals or scoring points, the way he cycles the puck so well, I think he's our best cycling forward. Um He's never – people have always expected him because he's big to be this big offensive force like a mm-hmm. Peter Forsberg type, yeah. but he's not that type of player, and I'm okay with that. But I think you're right with what you said earlier. I think it's time to, to let him move on. I think it will be better for him to get out of this. If he goes somewhere else where there may be a little more understanding – you know, teams or like team uh, this is not as good. Somebody like yeah, the Islanders. I think well, yeah, and as much as I I hate to send someone off to Florida, <laughs> the Panthers could use someone like him. Yeah. I mean, you go down there, and you know that's why Roberto Luongo moved down there and wanted to be traded there because it's not as high pressured as a Toronto or a Vancouver or honestly even a St. Louis. So if he goes somewhere where there's not as many people watching, the team's in the middle of a rebuild. He's been there before. He can be one of those veteran guys that can help coach some of these younger guys. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's old. Was he 27? Mm, but, look it up, but, yeah. but yeah, you know, I would just think he would be better served going somewhere else, spending his career, hopefully the rest of his career somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, you look at a guy, and I'm not trying 25. to compare these two. 25. Mm-hmm. Wow, he's a lot younger than I thought he was. Um, you look at a guy like uh, Michael Hanzus. Mm-hmm. Not saying he was bad here, but he moved on from here, and he's had a damn good career since. Yeah. As a two-way, third-line. Yep, and guy. that's I think that's exactly where Berglund falls. So I think that if, if he could just move on from here and get a fresh start, I think he'll be fine. I think the Blues will feel the same way. If they can revamp that offense a little bit, mm-hmm. move him out, get someone else around his same age on that third line, I think they'd be set. Yeah, like I think uh, Payarvi will be a good... Well, I mean, it, pretty much I mean, Armstrong came third. out and said that his he's it's his job to lose next yeah, year. Yeah, and Yaskin's uh, jobs to lose next year. So yeah. I think those guys are going to be the plugins for next year. Lower uh, keep you on the lower end of the uh, cap. Yep, because uh, Paravi's only at one point two next year, and Yaskin's only at eight hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, he's still on his entry level deal, I yep. believe. Yep, so he's still got another year, two years left. Uh, another RFA who's definitely going to get a boost is uh, Vladimir Saboka. 
Yes. Do everything you can to bring this guy back. So I made $1.3 million last year. I'm saying he gets closer to three. Yeah, I'd say around three. Um, that's a good bet. You're going to lose some. We'll talk about the UFAs. We'll mm-hmm. lose some of the money coming from that, which I think will be reallocated into guys like Saboka. But, uh, yeah, I think no-brainer. They're not going to let this guy even hit the market at all. Uh, in terms of RFA status, like no one's going to be able to even offer him an offer sheet yeah, because I think, I think the be Blues done. will lock be him up before, before that. July one for sure. Yeah, uh, actually, the, you can start talking to UFAs with the new uh, collective bargaining agreement. You can start talking to UFAs actually on the twenty sixth of June now. Really? I just read that yesterday. Wow, I did not know that. So you can, but you cannot officially sign until July first. That's crazy. So you can lined up basically i think i pretty much it's around draft time i'll have to look at the exact date yeah i think the draft is the 26th yeah so i think that's when you start talking to him so you might be able to lock somebody up at the draft and have you know a handshake agreement i guess yeah and then you'll know better what you need to draft or yeah. what you need to so Man, I think actually, that's that, why, I think that makes sense yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea so i think that's good uh, job gary bettman yeah i know <laughs> you won't hear that again <laughs> so another uh for sure rfa is getting signed is uh jaden schwartz yeah, uh, he made his. He was on his ELC, so he made uh, nine hundred thousand last year. Yeah, I mean he'll get a raise. Um, you know, I I think you'll see a bridge contract. Think so? Yeah, a lot of people are saying it's going to be long term, and I think there's that. a good chance. But I feel like they're going to say, "All right, kid, you know you've been good, but last year was your first full year in the NHL." You know, obviously the lockout couldn't year, play a full eighty two. Yeah. But I mean, he uh, this was his first full year in a Blues jersey. I think the Blues are going to say, we want to see one to two years of what you can do consistently, again, yeah. consistently. And I, I think that's what, that's what we'll see. So probably three, maybe 2.5, yeah. maybe even I up to four. I would say 2.5 to three in that range for, I'd say two years, uh, five. Yeah. Uh, 5.25. I'd be all right so. with that. So I figured he That's about what you should pay a, a mid-first uh, top second line player. Yeah. So that's why I figured for him. Now into some UFA, so I'm going to do the forwards and then defensemen. There's not much on defense, obviously, and goalies, which we'll get into the big one later. Uh, so UFAs, which this is pretty much – we kind of lose this earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derek Roy, UFA. See ya. So $4 million there. That's going to get reallocated into Saboka and Schwartz. Definitely. So there's one right there. So Steve Ott. Um, I know you guys are Ott fans. And I thought he played a lot better I was actually playoffs. a fan. Chris, on the other hand, is wanting him gone. Oh really? That's I, right. That's I was right. I was like as long as he had a good contract. It I, was. It's not a terrible contract. Yeah, as long as he that's does true. not get the two point nine, I think that's a lot less than that. My only point with Odd, and if we didn't already have this player, I would say something different. Mm-hmm. But I feel Adam Cracknell can do the same job Steve Ott does if you give him a chance. He's never played more than I think twenty four games with in a talking. season. Yes, he's not as much of an agitator. <laughs> less but talking. I love the intensity that Cracknell brings to the lineup, mm-hmm. and you know maybe he's just one of those playoff guys, like a uh, like a Dustin Penner or a yeah the jerk in Chicago uh, Bickle. Yeah, Brian Bickle. I mean, but you know he brings an intensity to the game when he plays. I've always liked him a lot. Um, I think you could let Ott go and just tell Cracknell, hey. We're going to give you this chance. You know, we're going to tell you, hey, you're going to take Steve Ott's spot on the third, third, fourth line ish. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what you can do. It doesn't work out. We've got Chris Porter ready to go. Yeah, Chris so he Porter could always take your year. spot. So he signed for next year. Yeah. So. so I think that's what the Blues should do with it. 
Um, if they decide to not re-sign Adam Cracknell, then yeah, I think I think you need to bring back Steve Ott. Uh, so we'll see. I just think Cracknell is a cheaper version of Ott. So we'll get to Cracknell in a minute, but yeah, I, I think I think Ott goes either way. Um, if he signs, it'll be the same type of deal that he had, which I believe was, uh, which I believe was two point five. What was he uh, making last year? Two point nine five. Two point nine five. So, you know, you'll get it cheaper with Cracknell, but just depends on if he could do what he does in the playoffs for a full season. Yeah. Uh, next one is Brendan Morrow. Um. I was not a fan of Morrow. I thought we got rid of David Perron, and a big reason was because he took so many dumb offensive zone penalties. Mm-hmm. We went out and got Brendan Morrow. He, he does the exact same thing. And that, that, to me, is one of the most frustrating things that you can do as a hockey player. I mean, I obviously, I only play in beer leagues and men's leagues, but, you know, one of your teammates is just a hothead and you you're cycling the puck and he takes a dumb penalty in front of the net or whatever uh, it's like what are you doing dude like cut us a break here and that's what i feel for moro i mean yeah he chips in a little offense i think he had 14 goals this year yeah i can look it up but um i mean he double digits yeah i mean that's good but at the same time i mean we talk about team speed He's probably the slowest player on the roster. Uh, I believe he's 34. Um, he's 35, actually. 35. Yeah, I think he just turned 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a very old 35. Um, he's just, and that's the type of style he plays. I mean, Keith Kachuk, when he retired, he was a very old version of whatever his age was when he retired because yeah. that's the type of game these guys play. So, warm down, yeah. I just feel like, and there, I, I just feel like there was a reason. And I'm not trying to say that the signing was bad. I think it was an okay signing at the time. It's a good depth move. Yeah, but but you need there's a reason that yeah. he was not signed through training camps in the NHL. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of it. I think because of his speed and because of his offensive zone uh, penalties, just kind of his the negative attitude that referees get with him. Um, I think he's as good as gone, but. You know, obviously we talk about the Dallas Stars connection. He could easily be brought back. Yep. Uh, maybe on the extreme cheap, depending on how training camp looks out, like depending on your depth looks type yes. thing. Yep. Uh, he could be in the late, like, hey, here's a million I mean, he could be offered a, a training camp, what is those called? The tryouts, tryouts or yeah. whatever. He might get that from somebody. He might get that from either us or somebody else. Yeah. But at the time when you're those veterans that are in that 35 to 40 range, mm-hmm. 95%, you're not, not everybody's Jerome McGinley who can still pot 30 goals. Right. So, right. I mean, you're going to be one of those guys who are going to get lower-end contracts or maybe even a two-way deal. Yeah. Not going to happen. So our only uh, defenseman, which they have, looks like they have Cracknell down on the – he's playing at the Wolves right now. So Wolves is – we'll go with him real quick. Cracknell, UFA. I, I say bring him back. I'd um, say he's and good I, depth. I'd okay. say the most he would get is a million, but I don't even think mm. he would get that. What do you think? Chris said he would like to do a two-way deal, but I'm like, he was just on a one-way deal. I don't think a guy would revert back. Probably not, but I mean... Depending on how much he likes the team. You could does. start him in Chicago at the start of the year if you bring back an Ott or a Moro. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know if he doesn't work out... You could always put him on waivers if, but if he's you up look with at the it, NHL. But look at that. I mean, he's been through waivers, I think, three times And he's year, gone right? through just so, fine, just like those, Chris Porter. So it's one of those things where you can give him the one-way deal. That just makes him happy. Um, I'm saying he made $700,000 last time. I say he maybe gets a small bump. Maybe give him seven fifty. Seven fifty eight, maybe eight. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say most um, a million, but even that I don't think he gets yeah. unless uh, he just – it's like 
just laden with incentives to where he could be bumped up to that. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll see right around what you said. Uh, some more forwards on our more depth forwards. Uh, Sebastian, I'll say Wanstrom. Wanstrom. He's an RFA. Seems like that we've kind of liked him over the years. He's always gotten a chance in Chicago and Peoria. So I'll say, yeah, he'll probably be brought back. Probably qualified. He'll probably get yeah, the exact get same. The, get the basics. Yeah. Uh, Sergey Andronov. He was on the verge. Actually, he got called up a couple of times yeah. and then just immediately sent back. And down. he's another guy that we've kind of heard about. Uh, I know I, I had a friend that uh, got co- some speed and covered stuff. the Peoria Rivermen, and he liked Andronov a lot. So, once again, I think he'll get qualified. Uh, Tyler Shattuck, another RFA. That was a guy that I've actually said before that I think would be a great fit he's on like a good third training or camps. fourth line. He's yeah. really good in training camps. He's Every a time big he, body. He, he can hit. Fast. Yeah. yeah, I would love to see him even get a chance in the NHL this year a couple times. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, he's never been called up. He always seems like a guy that would be a good energy guy. I mean, yeah. Just, but I guess since we have a lot of those guys He reminded already. me in a way of like a Gretchev, mm, but yeah. was a little, little more foot speed. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, I'm not trying to say he would, you know, burn up the NHL and be yeah. the next Antoine Roussel. He'd be but, a good energy guy, though. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Uh, so other, now these are UFAs. Uh, Keith Acoin. Um, I don't know. Could go either way. He won't He won't play in the NHL. It depends on, I think it depends on how the Chicago Wolves. Uh, yeah, that that's more on them, looks. I think, what they want. They'll, yeah. they'll talk with the Blues and tell See them whether they want him back or not. Yeah, um, I didn't even know this guy, Pat Cannon. C A N N O N. Sure, come on back. Bring him back. Uh, he's a UFA. Qualify uh, him. Eric oh no, I guess it's not UFA. qualify. Yeah, right, well, yeah. Eh, we'll give you five hundred thousand. Come on yeah. back. Uh, Eric Selleck, who the Blues traded like mid-season. Uh, you know, famous for being on uh, Miami Vice. And that is Tom Selleck. Oh, I was off. Okay. Which we were. Which we made many jokes last time. <laughs> um, and then a couple more. Alexander Balduk. Balduk. Yeah, yeah, we saw his jersey today. We did see that the Blues. I was like, hey, look at that guy's. We went to the uh, that Blues jersey or what is it called, the, the equipment, equipment sale, yeah. and saw Bull Duke. I'm like, oh, hey, that guy was signed by us twice, I think. Yeah, so, <laughs> and he's uh, UFA now, so who knows if he gets signed? Maybe a third time. Once again, I think that's more of a Wolves decision whether yeah. they want him back or not. And then one of the, he's a, one of the Hanson brothers' uh, sons, Christian Hanson. God, bring him back! Come on, I know. I just get the Hanson brothers to the games. He's a. I noticed him a lot on the Chicago Wolves Twitter feed. Yeah, uh, as uh, very involved in the community. You all see him as like the guy who goes out and does stuff like with the Chicago Wolves in the community. So it looks like he's very involved in that, which is very cool. Not to uh, not to get too into the Michael Sam situation with the Rams, but to a very 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 lesser extent, I think having a Hanson on a hockey on your hockey team and your mm-hmm. organization. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and from what I hear, he's not a terrible hockey player. Yeah, so. he's solid. He, he yeah. played with Vancouver last year, two years ago. Right. Was that you're on their team for half a season. Yeah. So. so, you know, I mean, might as well give him a shot. Let him come on back. Yeah. So, and then let's move into uh, defensemen. Uh, only UFA on the Blues is a Carlo Koliakovu. Um, I say go. Yeah. He was a late season. Hitchcock time. talked a lot about how he liked the way he played down the stretch and. I don't know. I mean, I guess he was okay. It was a hit and miss. Like, I think one game you could say, like, man, he's looked really good this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden he go back to never well, got hurt this year. He's really – his game, it seems like, has changed a lot. When he first joined the Blues, he was known as, like, this offensive defenseman that can shoot, and he's, like, your good, like, mid-tier, second power play guy. But it seems like since he joined the Blues again, and I don't know if it's because of injuries or what, 
he's kind of more of the we need you for defensive situations and just yeah. clear the puck out when you get it. Yeah. So and, it's very and you know, which is fine. I know you talked about Ian Cole earlier, but I just don't see what he brings that Ian Cole doesn't. So I yeah, I agree. That I would like I would like to see Cole given a better chance. Um, I agree. I agree. It's like I said of the three. It's like I see. Your bottom pairing, I think, needs a little adjusting. On if that you want to tell, I mean, if you could work this out with Koliakovo and say, "Listen, go out, try to you know get a contract somewhere," but if you don't find one, you'll have a job waiting here in Chicago for you for, yeah. with the Wolves. Yeah, you so know, as, and then as, we'll as always as call lead, you up when we need a defenseman. Yeah, that as, as that to me guy, is yeah. the perfect scenario for for him and for the Blues. But um, you know, good luck to him on the free agent market. I don't think he'll be back here unless we need him to. Uh, so a couple of the guys down the Wolves that are uh, free agents. A uh, guy that's a huge, I consider probably one of the worst draft picks the Blues have had in recent memory, Brett Ponich. Ooh, kind of falling off there. Is he a UFA? He's a RFA. But that yeah. dude has been shipped to the ECHL numerous times this year that I saw. Um, it, and it, he was drafted. He was, I remember drafted everybody's like, oh, it's like a Zdeno Char guy. He's just really tall, big, but just hasn't worked out so Seems far. like it hasn't done much. Um He's been. I know he's been shipped to ECH at least a half dozen. I mean, times. if you can qual, he's an RFA. RFA. So you can I, I mean, you can qualify him, him, do it. Uh, but I wouldn't break guy. the bank on him. Yeah, maybe he's a depth guy. Yeah. Um, let's see another forward, David Shields. RFA. Um, was he, like, he wasn't one of our draft picks, was he? I think it was a low, like okay. a six rounder. Let me see. Yeah, Let's qualify him. I say qualify him. Uh, only one other UFA for. Uh, down on the uh, farm is Taylor Chorney. UFA or RFA? UFA. Um, he was kind of, you know, and, and this is where the whole uh, us not owning the Wolves and being partnered with the Wolves comes in is that we don't really need to fill the roster for them. We need to fill our, our part with our young guys coming down. They fill in the seams and the cracks and the holes like their backup goalie, Matt Climey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Climey is under is not under contract with the Blues. He's under contract with, with the Wolves. Wolves. And I think that at some point the Blues just have to say, we don't need to be filling these spots with a guy like a Taylor Chorney. And I'm not trying to rag on Chorney, but it seems like that guy is probably not ever really going to play for the Blues. So really, to me, there's no reason for the Blues to have him under contract. Maybe the Wolves do it for us. Yeah. That'd be fine, but um, it's players like that, and maybe even that David Shields or whoever, that I think the Blues need to finally just say, you know what, we don't own the Rivermen. We're, we're not paying every single player on our AHL roster. So let's cut ties with these guys. Yep, just kind of fill it out, depending on how much Chicago is going like you said, Chicago is going to bring back or how much they're going to cover. So yep. that's something that will be probably discussed with Blues yep. management this offseason. So, so uh, let's go into... Yeah, a couple of the most attractive UFAs. What about the goalies? Oh, I didn't do goalies. Look at me skipping over the yeah, most important. Come cup. on, man! I skipped over. I was getting. This is going to be a four-hour conversation here. We're going here. <laughs> so, as you know, Blues, I have just Jake Allen under contract for eight hundred thousand dollars. Trade and... him. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. Uh, and then Blues have two UFAs: Ryan Miller and Brian Elliott. Uh, well, I have been on, un- and, and I, once again, I do not want to say that I'm ragging on ryan miller but i think it's it's time to just say that wasn't the right move once again not not trying to even really say that doug armstrong sucks or whatever definitely should be held accountable for what happened not everything's a home run yeah 
but you know it it wasn't unfortunately it, it was one of your biggest moves yeah it, it just it didn't work out and you know and i think a lot of professional sports struggle with this they make a move and they say hey we need to play up this move even even though it looks like it's failed we need to make sure that it doesn't look like we failed and and i i just that's what i worry about is that and and I'm not once again. I'm not trying to say it's just Armstrong. It's all over sports. Mm-hmm. They make a trade and they say we have to cover it up that, that this wasn't a good trade. So the way to cover that up would be to sign Ryan Miller to a long deal and then hope that throughout that time Ryan Miller starts playing the way that we know Ryan Miller can. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen mm-hmm. um, because they know that that he was a temporary fix until Jake Allen's ready to take over in, in yep. full. Um, but I don't know if you read the story that Jeremy Rutherford posted earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Brian Probably. Elliott pretty much said that, it, from what it, I mean, reading between the lines, yeah. it seemed like Elliott said the Blues hadn't talked to him much. Yeah, the Blues basically. So that tells me one of two things: either they're really trying to get Brian Miller back for good, or they're planning on doing something completely out of the realm of of yeah. Elliott and Miller. Yeah, they're ready to move on. Yeah, so we'll see. I am the component of give up on the trade. You know, once again, it's even hard to say that the trade failed. It just didn't work right. out the way that we thought it would. So go ahead, move on for Miller. Um, I would have no problem with them bringing back Elliott. He's a good, cheap alternative. If for whatever reason Jake Allen doesn't work out, you got Brian Elliott right behind him that could start and vice versa. Elliott's taking the reins for the most part. He falls apart. You get Allen. You can work something out. And there's always, you could always send your scouts out across the world to find another goalie if you have to. Yeah. Um, We've had a couple in the pipeline that are. Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's there's, there's a couple there. guys that, that that could fill in. Uh, the, the guy with uh, Tampa Bay that filled in, uh, Gudlevskis. Yeah, from he the, was awesome in in the Olympics. Olympics Latvia, yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's plenty of goalies. I've always said there's more good goalies than there are jobs in the NHL. Yep. So, and that's something Doug Stolhan from the Puck Podcast says too, and yeah. that's where I stole it from. Uh, but I claim <laughs> it as my own. Yeah. Um. But no. Uh. And it's true. You know. So, I I say if you can, if you can get Elliot. About at the same deal that he's at now, bring him back. Uh, say goodbye to Ryan Miller, but um, it could go either way. It could go neither of those ways. Mm-hmm. Here's a I got my two scenarios that I like. So I guess three I could deal with. Let's go with this one. I like the Brian Elliott, Jake Allen. Yeah, move. cool I with can, that. I can go. I can be able to find that as long as that money is allocated to bring in a top forward. Yes, which we'll get into that later. Yes. Or, or, or filling out depth with more speed and skill up front. Yes. That's my thing, if you're going to do that. Uh, Agree. Second, uh, I am actually, believe it or not, okay if Ryan Miller comes back. But on a shorter short deal yes. with not a, not a massive contract hit. I agree. I say between four and five. If he is, and, and he's never really... As far as I know, come out and said and what he wants to do. That he well, he's able to come out and said if he wants to win a Stanley. Like obviously, he wants to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, he said he wants to win, but then, you know that's. But just it doesn't seem says. like he's that type of player that like a like a Ray Bork. That's just yeah. like I have to win this before I leave the NHL. Yeah, he seems like I like what I do, but I like you know right, other and and stuff and too. that's that's what where this kind one. of falls. If yeah. Ryan Miller says I want to win a Stanley Cup, well, I'll tell you what, this is the right organization to be in because. That's how everyone on the roster feels right mm-hmm. now. So 
if he wants to just come back one, two years and just win a cup, he'll be smart and hopefully take less money yeah. and say, that's the way you guys can go out and fill out that offense that was so terrible. Yeah. You know, you can go hire however many freaking power play specialists you, you need, need to, to help with the power out, play. Yeah. Like, if he wants to do that, I'm all for it. But yeah, if he warrants 5.5, 6 million, that's it's not worth it. I said five is my tops. Yeah. But, uh, my third option, which is just all can get conjecture and rumor right now, uh, San Jose has already come out and said they want to make massive changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you want Niemi? I wouldn't because he has a one year left at $3.8 million. Um, especially if supposedly the rumors of Ryan Miller wanting to go back to the West Coast. There's rumor that San Jose and Anaheim will be the top two kind of looking. And San Jose is definitely on that market for winning a Stanley Cup too. Yeah, and they have a solid team, so that could fit both of them. for So they're a very attractive team as well. So he could be one of those guys that could be plugged into that team and do well. Who knows? And that means Niemi's there. He's not going to accept a backup role. Mm-hmm. Um, they had – who was their backup? I can't think of right, his name right uh, now. Right? Alex Stalock. Stalock, that's right. We just talked about that. So Stalock, uh, they definitely want to sign. So they might be grooming him to maybe be a future starter. You put Miller in there for a couple of years, and he gets both best of both worlds. Good team with potential Stanley Cup, you know, good veterans for a Stanley Cup run, and you're next to your very attractive wife. Yes. And on the West Coast. So you never know. If that does happen, I would be all for an anti-Niemi Stanley Cup ring. Still a very good goalie. Struggled a little bit this year, I'll be honest there. But, but he's could, not that, hes not your number one, though. And, it, yeah. and the team, basically, I think, for the next couple of years, isn't going to have the number one, something we, we've yeah, gotten used ride, to. Where you ride a guy for 60 Yeah, plus you know, games. Jake Allen, hopefully in the future, will be that number one. But the next couple of years, I think it's, it's going to be a two-man show. Yeah, you get... I so that's, that would take some of that pressure off Niemi. Maybe it's a situation he wants to be in. Yeah, so maybe you get somebody like Niemi here where you get 55 games and the other, you know, 25, 28 And you're games. still the guy maybe that goes into the playoffs, playoffs as and, the starter. But then you still but you still have that pressure that you still have a very good young guy behind you, so you still want to show your, you know, earn your keep, basically. Yeah. So that's another one that I, I wouldn't mind. So are we going to be speculating now about what goalies we want? Is that what we're going to do no. now? Yeah, if we want, I wouldn't like Lundqvist or something. Oh, real cool. Well, Jonathan Quick, yeah, you know? yeah, I would love to have Lundqvist. Well, I'm saying, now, is that Patrick kind of... Waugh available to still yeah. be a goalie? Yeah. Um, no, I uh, – what about Jonas Hiller? Thoughts? He just think he reminds me of the left-handed version of um, Yaroslav Halak, where Ooh, that where that guy could be lights out and be really good goalie, but then sometimes you like as he's shown the last part of the season where something is in his head, he's just not right. Well, and and let Which me it's all goalie let things, me counter that a little it. bit. Go for it, Bruce Boudreau, mm-hmm. um, coach in Washington for a long time. Now he's the coach in Anaheim. He kind of has, I think he, and a lot of people don't really think about it this way. Um, I think he kind of has that, uh, The basically, I don't think he knows how to coach his goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, Semyon Varlamov, for example, um, in and out of the goal, couldn't stay in consistently, and then ends up going to Colorado, uh, potential Vezina winner this yeah, year. Correct. Um, and then uh, you look at a guy like Braden Holtby. Uh, he was in Washington for the last two or three years, yeah. and then he basically says, "Trade me." Yeah. Um, and and obviously this year Boudreaux wasn't there, but he came up with Boudreaux. Then he had Adam Oates. Yeah. It just seems like, and and then in uh, Anaheim now you've got Jonas Hiller, who was the bona fide number one guy for 
long what, time. Since Jaguar left. Yeah. And then now, all of a sudden, right before the playoff run, Hiller has a couple rough games, and they start playing Anderson. They start putting in Gibson. Gibson hadn't played before what a month and a half ago. Yeah, and all of a sudden he became their starter. Yeah, you know, to me, I feel like he doesn't handle goalies well. So if Hiller gets out of that situation. Can he be that number one guy again? The question Could, is, can you can you take that risk with? That's what the, the problem. Is, is yeah. do you take the risk? Yeah. You know, we don't. Outside of Allen, with our UFAs, mm-hmm. we don't have a backup plan if we were to go with Hiller. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I think you could get him pretty cheap right now because he knows I'm playing. I just played some of the worst hockey I've played. I'm a UFA. You know, I don't know who's gonna come calling for a goalie other than the Blues and like the Calgary Flames or whoever. So maybe you get him on the cheap end, and then be. you say, okay, we're going to pay you 1.5, 1.8, whatever it is Elliot made. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Elliot, you've already got that here, and you already know what you're going to get from him. But if Hiller could turn it around, he could be a top 15 goalie, top 10 goalie still in he's the NHL. He's had pretty good stats this year, too. I mean, he yeah. was you – know, Anaheim – And he's played in front of – or, I guess, behind a very good defense in Anaheim. So he knows – and I think that that goes into it a lot, too, is Miller has always played in front of a crappy defense. So for then he came to years. Yeah and, then, yeah, and then he came to St. Louis, and all of a sudden he's playing in front of some of the best defensemen in, in the world. Yeah. You know, so – or I guess at least maybe the best defensive system in the world. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he handled that well. I think Hiller makes the transition pretty easily. So yeah. I don't know. Just just a thought. It is a thought, yeah. I mean, I would be – if all our options are exhausted and we say we went and got Jonas Hiller over Vinny Nabokov, I'd be okay with that. Yes. So it's he was on my radar. Let's put it that way. But I would, I would still say I Alan would, Elliott is what I want. Yeah. I would be like, and I would still be okay with that. Like I said, as long as money's allocated into the next part of this portion is the top UFAs. Good segue. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> and so, as you wrote an article sort of recently within the last couple of weeks, I saw as the one guy to turn things around, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, and we'll allude to that is a former St. Louisan who the Blues passed up in the draft, Paul Stasny. 28 years old, 71 games played this year, 25 goals, 35 assists. For 60 points, 22 penalty minutes, and a plus nine. Made $6.5 million last year. So his first time being a UFA, basically. You take away that money that Halak was making and the money that Miller was making, and obviously we talked about Roy and Morrow, all that money being reallocated into the current players we have. Mm -hmm. You're going to shore up about, I would say, and this is just speculation, between about $2.5 and about $4 million. Mm -hmm. Um, You're losing Berglund. Possibly. If you trade him, it's 3.25. Yeah. So, you know, you're gaining money right there that you could, and plus the cap's going up this mm-hmm. year. So, about a speculated $71 million. Yeah. And it's what, 63.5 this year? 63. Yeah. Five. Wow. About, about that. Yeah. I, sh- I like shouldn't four. know that off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you take that money and you put it into a Paul Stastny. Just imagine that top line Stastny, Schwartz, and Tarasenko. Oh man, and then all of a sudden your your second line becomes Bacastine Oshi. Yeah. Oh man. And that then, that makes me want to drool. Yeah, so, so and then you can fill in the gaps on your third line. And obviously we'll talk about some other guys here in uh speculation, but Stassi to me is a perfect fit. He's talked before about how he'd love to play in St. Louis. Yep. Um 
you know, I just would I would love to see it. I think that'd be fantastic. I would say if he makes it to UFA, um, you got to think the Blues are in the top three teams. Yep, I think if, so. If Colorado moves on, Colorado actually has a lot of money tied up next year due to a lot of stuff kicking in for them. Um, they're actually just below us on what's left. They have they're number twenty four. But they're missing a lot um, on their – they basically have no defense next year. <laughs> they have two guys signed, and the Blues know one of them very well. Eric Johnson is signed, and Jan Hayda. Excuse me, and yeah. one of the – Ryan Wilson, and a couple of uh, rookies. And their big rookie this year, Tyson Berry, is an RFA. So you know he's going to get some money. Yep. Um, and forwards, they don't have much either. So they're looking at – and all their guys are getting raises this year. Uh, Duchesne's new contract kicks in. Duchesne, excuse me. Uh, Landis Cog's new contract kicks in. Uh, they still have they still have Alex Tange, believe it or not. Yeah, I know, I know right? I know that. Crazy. Uh, they still have a couple guys. They have Jamie McGinn, Ryan O'Reilly. So and uh, so they have some stuff to do there too. So I think um, I honestly think that losing in the first round for them really helped us in possibly getting Stastny. Yeah, I think if they would have gone to the Western Final or the Stanley Cup Final or even won the Stanley Cup. I think they would have done everything they could to bring him back. Yep, they're going to have they have three very good centers there. As in Nathan McKinnon has shown why he was touted as a potential superstar. Yep, um, he played a very good playoffs, amazing ten points in the first round. Now, now does does Paul Stasty stack up to all the other top line centers in the league? Probably not. No, he's, but that first, and I, I don't mean all. I mean some. You know, he, yeah. I don't. He's still not at the Getzlav level or the. Sidney uh, Crosby, Sid, Crosby, obviously. Uh, even maybe even maybe even like the Nicholas Backstrom doesn't really match up to that. Yeah. But that first line you could potentially have, whether it was Schwartz, Stastny, Tarasenko, or Oshie, Tarasenko, do, yeah. Stastny, whoever. All of a sudden, you become so much better looking on your top line, and, and that's that's what the Blues need. I think the Blues need more sexy. As yeah, dumb as that sounds, sounds they, they need that sexy player that's just going to pull a sick pass or make a sick move and and it's just going to spring Tarasenko on a breakaway or whatever. Like That's what we need more of. We didn't have that in the playoffs this year. The Avalanche did have that this year, yeah. but the Wild were just that much better. Yeah. Just so- barely that much better. So that's what I would like to see. And if we get uh, that player could be Stastny, a St. Louis boy, I think that'd be great for marketing. It'd be great yeah. for the entire city. Yeah, I think it'd uh, lock him up for a good number of years. He's hitting in his prime at 28. Yeah, I complained about the marketing earlier. Yeah, that'd be that perfect. Could, that'd there be you perfect. go. Just have Stastny do everything. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So uh, <laughs> it's a good. I say if he makes it, I think it's a real good possibility. I still think Colorado will try and offer. I think they will too. I think they really will. But. Um, you never know. So yeah. I think uh, a couple other guys that are attractive, uh, though he's rumored to possibly go to Minnesota to go home and play. Slash Thomas Vanek, right? Yes. Yeah. Thomas Vanek, left wing, 30 years old, currently with Montreal. Uh, they're still in the playoffs. So 78 games played, 27 goals, 41 assists for 68 points, 46 penalty minutes, and a plus seven. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind it, but I just don't see it happening. What this comes down to is who does he feel – because I feel like he is one of those players that wants to win a Stanley Cup. Like he mm-hmm. he knows his window is closing in terms of being a top line player. So if he can, if he looks at the Blues and looks at the Wild or whoever else is on his radar and says, of all these teams that might want to sign me, I feel like the Blues have the best roster. Yeah, never that know. is the only way 
that I think that we could possibly get him. But I think you're right. I think he's going to look, because not only does he feel probably that the Wild have a good chance at winning the Cup in the next couple of years, that's where he played college hockey. That's he's where his family he is. He a home there. So. I think that's very much a possibility. But, hey, I mean, all the speculation we've heard is Vanek's going to want to go there, you know, well, what about the Wild? Maybe the Wild don't want him. Maybe wild the Wild have, say... a little bit of money tied up between yeah. two guys you might not have heard of, Ryan Suter and uh, yeah. Crazy. And and they, honestly, their goaltending situation right now is an absolute mess. They need to get that figured out real quick because they basically have four goalies right now, mm-hmm. and they want to cut that down to two. Um, you're going to have to buy out Backstrom. That's the only way you're going right. to get somebody to take him. Yeah, uh, Harding... Um, as much as that guy is fought through, and I wish him the best. Me too. Um, I just don't. Hopefully, hopefully he can somehow continue his career because that guy was Vesna caliber. He might, you know, if he could go to a team season. that maybe has like a strong AHL goalie, yeah. Um, and then you could, uh, and they got a strong starter in the NHL. He could be a backup, and if he gets hurt, then you, you know, you know that you still got that good goalie in the AHL that could yeah. fill in for him. That's the type of situation I could see him going yeah. to. So they got some guys uh, locked up. So I think Minnesota and St. Louis are very similar right now. Yep. Uh, what they had, their playoff disappointments, what they got on their roster and in goaltending is very interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I think uh, I think he will go to Minnesota. But as I said, if, if he views the Blues as a top place to uh, win a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. Maybe he signs a one or two year deal. Then I think that there's a possibility, but uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say. I'll give you. Uh, let's go with two more guys okay. that I think are very interesting for the Blues. Uh, another guy, even though I think our left wing is pretty decent, pretty strong. I still like this guy, Matt Molson. Plays for Minnesota, thirty years old, ninth 20, round pick. Yeah, twenty doesn't even exist anymore. Yep, twenty three goals, twenty assists, and seventy five games. 34 penalty minutes, a plus two. I think he fit in very well in Minnesota, but who knows if they were Vanek, he might just be the odd man out type right. thing. Um, not really a power forward per se, but I guess a power forward is how you would classify him, where he's not mm-hmm. too fast, but yet he does go to the front of the net, he does score, but uh, just not a big guy. So that's why I don't say power forward. What what I like about him possibly signing in Minnesota and then Vanek signing in Minnesota, they both were traded for each other. Mm-hmm. They both get traded again in the same year at the trade deadline. And then just imagine the marketing for that. Yeah. Those two guys end up on the same, same team, team together the next season. That's, so it's crazy. that'd be fun. Um, I like Matt Molson. Um, if we were to sign him, I would hope it be for, uh, wouldn't be for a large contract. Um, it'd be really good to have him on the roster. I think he would yeah. fit our mold well. But my problem is... Is he that one guy the Blues really need? And I hate to say it's definitely one guy, but that that is how I feel. You need one you need, dude. You need high-end talent. Yeah, right? and I think he out. can fill on on a first line very well. Mm-hmm. But I just, I even though I know, I know that Vanek and Molson had similar numbers when they were traded for each other, and they're similar numbers throughout the year. Two different teams. And yeah, too, it's just so. the styles and the way they play – Vanek is that dude who's just going to skate it up the wing, take a quick shot. You're either going to get a rebound goal or it's going to sneak past the goalie. Molson's more of that, and I hate to say this because Blues fans don't like him, but more like that Berglund type (laughs) that he does all the things well, but he's not like a pure goal scorer. So if we can get him, yeah, that'd be great. But 
I don't want him to be like our number one target for another offensive player. I think it needs to go to somebody else. I agree. Another guy which has kind of emerged as a uh, force on defense recently, which has helped, who knows if he should boost his free agency status or whatever he's doing, Matt Niskanen on, on Pittsburgh right now. 27 years old, 81 games played, 10 goals, 36 assists for 46 points, 51 penalty minutes, uh, plus 33. Um, he's going to get big money. He's probably going to be the top defenseman on the market if he makes it there. Um I, I but, like I like him, he's but good. I like him. Uh, I liked him when he was in Dallas. Yeah, um, I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's a huge physical force, but he no. doesn't shy away from it though. Uh, but but I mean, he's a right-handed uh, guy. But you already have four, three guys there. Yeah, I don't know. It, you know, I just don't know if he's the right call for uh, for the Blues. It would be a nice. I mean, it would be nice to have him because, as you said, he's played very, very well. But um, the the problem with it is, as uh, Jason has his uh, his daughter join us for the show. Hi, baby. Good seeing you. <laughs> um, is that uh, we? I think I, I do think we need to make a change on defense. Which I has just, been speculated. Uh, Rutherford even in his chats have said that he thinks something is brewing. So I think he. Of anybody who's in the know that's in the media, I think he was probably your best right. bet as closest to the team. So I think they are contemplating something. Yeah, and I think that there will be a change. I think there needs to be, honestly. Mm-hmm. This, this defense Stale. played so well the last three years, and then just, I don't care about injuries. You know, people say, oh, they were, no, I don't care. They, they played terrible at the end of the year. And, and honestly, I thought even even during that was it eight or nine games that Miller won in a row when he first got here. Other defense was horrendous. Mm-hmm. We're paying these guys way too well to be playing that poorly. And I, I think it was the whole mindset that oh we got Ryan Miller back there, we're fine. You can't have that mindset. And I think it's going to lose to people losing their jobs here, and that's what's going to happen. I, I feel like there is going to be a change. But I don't know if Niskanen's the guy that we need to make that change. I don't think it needs to be a major change. Uh, let me throw this name out here, which uh, was on the top of guys, but yet a guy that seems to be making the rounds on uh, Blues Forum is this guy the Blues should bring in, which was on the same team as Matt Niskanen, Brooks Orpik. What are no. your thoughts? No, I'm I hated, sorry. I, I am I hated not him on USA. He's I am not a fan. He's too slow. Yeah. And and once again, we talk about team speed. But he clears the front of the net. He does clear the front of the net. That is true. But so the question is, do you sacrifice? The, the okay, speed let's just of, put it like this: system? if we were to get Orpic, we better get rid of Jackman or Pollock. And I'm not trying to dog Jackman either. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, in terms of speed, you can't have. Three to well, two defensemen in terms of Jackman and, and Orpik that are so slow, and then a, a guy in Pollock who's supposed to be your tough guy, but isn't. Yeah. So you can't have all three of those guys on your defensive core. Bring them in, sure, but as I said, there's got to be a different move. You can't just add them to what we already have. Yeah. Um, if you got that, I agree with you. If you're gonna, if you're doing like uh, one of the things that Armstrong said in his. Uh, outgoing press conference or a season ending press conference basically is like you don't want to rob peter to pay paul right so the question is are you going to sacrifice the system which the blues play is i say high town like pretty high tempo with your defense been moving up and a lot of moving parts so you guys you need guys who have pretty decent foot speed which maybe brooks Orpik had maybe a handful of years ago yeah 
and that's why he was considered one of the better defensemen, which is why he was on a very good contract, making almost $4 million for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I, I he's think it's a, a step. He's lost a step. So I think really it's a little different between us and Pittsburgh, too. I think Pittsburgh, they get away with having him because everyone on their roster has speed. If you add him to a team that doesn't have a lot of speed, I think he gets exposed a lot more. And I, I don't know. I, I just... Yeah, we need that tough guy, um, but I just don't know if he's the the guy we need. And I've looked through a lot of the UFAs and stuff and trying to figure out, like, it's going to have to come via trade. Like, I just don't see anything that's out there that you'll be able to sign that's yep. going to be of good quality, at least. Yep, I agree. Uh, so who knows what the Blues are going to do. Like, I still think there's going to be definitely uh, some kind of movement. Yeah. Let's go into a couple of Blues rumors real quick. Um, guys that have popped up. Via some stuff put out there by the national media, mm-hmm. uh, Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger. Bob McKenzie's t- available for trade? No, no, guys, oh. throw stuff out there. Well, okay, I misunderstood. They are not going to have too many games on TSN. <laughs> so you're telling me we can trade Lou Korak for Bob McKenzie? I like Lou Korak, but, <laughs> so who knows? Who we knows. love you, Lou. I know you're listening. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> uh, so some of the names put out there by Dreger and Bob McKenzie. Uh, Jason Spezza is apparently been rumored to be available as Ottawa wants to do a uh, maybe not complete rebuild but maybe a rehaul for them. Uh he is currently on a 7 million dollar cap hit but only 4 million dollars cash with a one year deal. And I think that's important to mm-hmm. note. Um maybe for certain teams like the Blackhawks um you know that they were rumored first they need a second line center. Yeah, Don't I, show it in the playoffs. I think but... it's I think it's a little yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah. But during the regular season they do. Um I think uh, for us it, it it would be it wouldn't be as big of a deal because that way because Tom Stillman I mean I like to say that he doesn't have deep pockets but compared to me and you yeah that guy is loaded yeah, yeah. he he his house is probably about eight times the size of yours and you have a very nice house oh, thank you but um I uh, and definitely bigger than my apartment <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I think that uh, looking at terms of that like. That way he can still say, and I mean this is a positive, mm-hmm. that he's spending to the cap. But in all actuality, he's really not. Yeah. And if you were to add Spezza at $4 million is what you're paying him and then $7 million added to your cap, like this roster would still look good. We talked about how the cap's going up. Yeah. So if it's going up to $70 million and we're already at 63 that extra $7 million that we're gaining from the cap can just go to Spezza. Yep. And that's exactly what we need. And... But here's my problem with it, and I want to say first, if we can get Spezza, then great. Um, I think a lot of people are making the Derek Roy comparison. Oh, he's just going to be another Roy. No, he's way better than Roy. Spezza's, let me try to pull up a stat real quick, but he's very high-end compared to... And he had a semi-down year last year, but what player on the Senators didn't? Yeah, they completely, all of them just kind of... Yeah, I mean, even Bobby Ryan, somebody that I regarded a year ago today as Mm -hmm. someone who's one of the best forwards in the league, looked terrible last year. So, you know, I think that we shouldn't really take that into account. The problem is, what are the Senators going to want in return? Mm -hmm. You know, I... Somebody asked me, would you move, uh, if it was a package deal, would you move Oshie in that trade? Depending on if there's someone else coming back with Spezza, maybe. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I think it could be potentially just a one-year type thing. He does have a 
modified no trade. So right. I mean, basically and I've heard he that he's at least ten. said that St. Louis is one of is the, one of the teams he would take. Take yeah. So modified basically modified no trade clause for anybody who does not know, meaning you could submit ten teams where the team where your current team cannot trade you to. So basically. Yes. Any kind of bottom feeders or any kind of city, I guess you don't. So I guarantee like. you, Edmonton's on there. So Edmonton, <laughs> Islanders are probably on yep, there. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind going to Florida just for the, you know. Yeah, Florida, right. That's me. But um, no, yeah. and I, I think that, and and uh, the rumors are too that the Blues were high on getting him at the trade deadline. It's like the what was asked, I think, was too high. Then that's what I think it is. I think that the Senators, to me. That tells me they're probably asking for a Petrangelo when you think about their needs. I think they need a, at least a another Shattenkirk. good defenseman. Yeah, Shattenkirk possibly. Mm-hmm. And then I think they're maybe even asking about an Oshie or a Bacchus. Yeah. And that's just not going to happen. The yeah. Blues, I think I always say the word untouchable is thrown around way too much. Um, I don't think there's one player on this Blues team that is truly untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I mean, think about it. If... The Penguins were to come to you, not this would ever happen, and say, "Hey, we'll trade you uh, Sidney Crosby for T.J. Oshie straight up." You're, we can tell me you're not going to uh, take that yeah, trade. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Times out of 100. I mean, there's no such thing as an untouchable player uh, in terms of you know outside of maybe five guys in yeah. the entire NHL. But um, you know, I think that uh, Spezza would be a good addition. I just don't want to sell the farm. Uh, we don't have a lot of first round picks to give them anyway, yep. but on top Which of that, you know, are spoken for for the next, technically this year and this and next year, I heard just from one of the Ryan Miller, you know, lingo, no matter what the blues, unless, the, unless he is pretty much like, I think if they technically don't sign him or if they trade, even if they trade away his rights from, I read some places where we could possibly lose the first round pick. Yeah. So basically, your pick this year, you're either taking or it's going to Buffalo. And the next year's is Buffalo. So you basically don't have a pick yeah. to trade in 2016, which you can't keep doing that. Like, no. You and lost one of the Yeah, you can't just be like, all right, what's the next first-round pick we have? Uh, let's see, Doug. It's uh, 2017. All right, yeah, we'll move that one. Yeah, so you basically you, you, you got to start hanging on to them. So yeah. uh, I think you're pretty much trade route as much and as I would say, say I would hard. say that I would – I would definitely move Shattenkirk if if they that's what they were asking, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think more back. and I think both teams would want more back. Yeah. I think straight up Shattenkirk Spezza doesn't work for either side. Yeah. I think both of them value both those players a little more than that. Um, it would have to be some throw in maybe like a third round pick here or there, throw in a fourth line grinder there, you know, kind of like the whole Miller trade, like Miller for Halak. Probably wouldn't have worked for either roster, so they, you know, they pulled off a like Stewart. Here's Ott. Here's Stewart. Okay, here's a couple first round picks. Okay, here's a prospect. Yeah. Like, I think that's that kind of thing that would have to work out. So we'll see. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. I've seen crazier things. We saw Eric Johnson traded. Yeah. So, so who knows? <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, guys that not rumored to go to the Blues at all, but just basically rumored as an unavailable. Uh, Dion Phaneuf. And uh, Nazim Kadri, Nazim Kadri, I don't know how you say. Uh, Kadri would be great, but from it's too high. And apparently, Jake, uh, I'll say Gardner, Jake Gardner, Gardner. Um, Kadri would be great, but there was a lot. I mean, it's beca- me away. because it was Toronto. Yeah, they there was a lot of talks about his contract last year. The whole like it's went all summer and went into training camp. From what I hear, he was wanting a lot more than what he even got. 
Um, so he got kind of a bridge deal. Yeah, he did, and and which is fine. Uh, bridge deals are great, but the problem is when that bridge deals up, is he going to be asking for seven, eight million when guys like I think Oshi and Bacchus are already maybe better than him, mm-hmm. and they're not making that much. Yeah. So I don't know. And then Fnuff, I like Fnuff. I think a lot of people hate him for for no reason. But that contract he signed, I think it works Attractive for life. the for the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. I think they like his value to them is worth what is it? Seven years, forty nine million. Mm-hmm. I think his worth to them is worth that. His worth to the Blues would not be that. Yeah. Just like Bowmeister, his worth to the Calgary Flames was what he signed. Yeah. Like they needed him more than we needed him. Yeah. So when we brought him here, it was we need you for this run and yeah, we'll we'll talk about a possible deal. Yeah. That's why he took less. Yeah. Because less. his his need here wasn't as much. So same thing for Fanuf. Uh I like him, but I don't want to spend that kind of money on him. Correct. Uh the crazy rumor of the uh, week is uh the penguins blowing everything up due to them being basically almost at the cap already for next year if it is 71 million with very little and they have 13 ufas so they're talking about one of the big ones getting traded which obviously is not crosby so basically malkin or latang yeah we'll take him i will take <laughs> malkin for sure latang uh i'll be i'm fine yeah i know i'm not, cause, not even because of the um health issues i just never been a fan honestly i just think I, he, I think him and mike green are the same ilk where they like to move up air carlson is just lagging behind where he's getting better on the defensive thing. Yeah. But when your penalty kill time average is like in the second range, like under 13 seconds. Yeah. Like you're not a complete defenseman. That's why I like Petrangelo. That's, that's why I was so mad when he was up for the Norris trophy. Yeah. I'm like, what are you kidding me? Like not to change the subject totally here, but that's why there should be an offensive defenseman player of the year and a defensive defenseman player of the year. Yeah. Like, they don't need. They don't need to be saying, "Oh, well, this guy had sixty-five points, so he needs to be in for the yeah. Norris." No, he yeah. doesn't. So, I agree with you. I, yeah. So that's why I'm. No, I'm, thank you, like, Tang. It's gonna want a. They're gonna wait too much. If they're if Malkin's coming, they're gonna want. Uh, it's gonna be a start of Petrangelo. So that ends that right there. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and um, I don't know. I, Malkin would be great, but I you know he, what he, they're gonna he, ask. He fits. It also fits with what the Pittsburgh does. So that's why I think Malkin on other teams by himself, who knows? He's never had just by himself. He's always had that Sidney Crosby, like, to yeah. take pressure off him. When Crosby's been hurt, like, Malkin has stepped up. There is a one Crosby was hurt with the concussion a couple years ago. Malkin tore it up for yeah. a while. So, so, so let me ask you, is, is he one of those players that steps up when they're the number one guy? Like, I think Rick Nash, look yeah. at that guy. In yeah. Columbus, he was awesome. Goes to New York, he's okay. mid tier. Yeah, you know. So I mean, is he one of those guys? Maybe he does go to a team like us and tears it up. Yeah, who knows? That's the thing is, you just don't know. And with the Blues right now, like they took that calculated risk with uh, Ryan Miller, and obviously it didn't work out. Um, but I think the Blues need to go almost on a sort of known commodity, which is like why I'm okay with the Brian Elliott thing instead of bringing in somebody fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so let me ask you. Straight up, mm-hmm. not this would ever happen. Mm-hmm. Petrangelo for Malkin, would you do it? Hmm. And then I'm going blues- to overanalyze it, but I'll just go with it. Just I'll try to take it at face value. Uh, depending on what the Blues would have to do on defense, they'd have to make a couple other moves over the summer. I think if that were the case, correct. But I'll just say face value right now. 
I would just say no, because I think at the end of the day, you can find a better impact forward for what we have. Let's say we didn't have some other forwards and you needed an impact forward. That would be him for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, the business-wise, that would bring in a lot more uh, NBC coverage. Mm-hmm. That would bring in a ton of more national people to mm-hmm. write about the Blues. Compared to, it's sexier to write about a forward scoring 50, 60 goals than yeah. it is for a defenseman who's having an all-around great year. Yes. So I think on some aspects it would be great, and some aspects, who knows. Um, I wouldn't like sit there and be like, oh, man, that's an awful deal. I hate the blues, but at the same time as like, if I was a GM, I wouldn't pull a trigger. Mm. I would hold off and see what else is out there. I think it will take someone from, we talked about this earlier from the core to get yeah. him. Oh, for sure. So it, it would be really hard to decipher. I mean, I hate to sit here and just speculate, you know, yeah. what, what trade could make. Like, I mean, that's once again, we'll leave that to the asylum. Yeah. But, correct. uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it depends on the player, but I think, if you could add him and you're not giving away the farm, you're not trading all of the next 10 first round picks, I would definitely consider it, but um, you know, I I think it's so far-fetched for us to get him. I, it's going to take a lot and I just don't know if the Blues are willing to completely revamp the way this team looks to acquire him. Yeah, so I agree. Uh we'll do a quick 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 NHL uh playoff wrap up. So we're into the final four as of uh, today, which we're recording on the uh, Saturday the 17th. Uh, last night, L.A. took it to the Anaheim Ducks and unfortunately ended the career of the great Timu Solani. Yes, so that not was, a way uh, to go out. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, 6-2 final, L.A. wins at Anaheim, which uh, L.A. is just one of those teams where when they know when they need to win, they just somehow they have the guys, Justin Williams, for example, I think he's an average up. player, yep. and this game, especially Game 7s. I forgot the, the stat I saw last night where he has an obscene amount of goals for Game 7s. Like, a, averages a, at least a goal, a goal and a half. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. So, uh, so the Final Four right now in the West, the finals are the Chicago Blackhawks versus the L.A. Kings, with Chicago having the home ice advantage. Woohoo! For, repeat for, from last year. For them, <laughs> finishing third in the Central wasn't that bad, actually. So, just yep. to show that... Having the uh, what's the big cup I got? President's Trophy does not mean everything either because the Boston Bruins were eliminated by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, baby. So the Canadiens versus the uh, New York Rangers. So we are guaranteed an original six team in the finals. We're also guaranteed that uh, one of those teams uh, in the finals will be wearing red, white, and blue. That is, think about it. You are correct, mm-hmm. actually. So it winds up that the uh, I would love for Montreal to go to the finals just to. I've always been a fan of Montreal, so uh, just an original six team, just the uniforms, just great. Just that the city, just if you have a city like Montreal that has a team go far, it just, it's noticed not only, obviously in Canada, but it's noticed in the United States as well, I think. Mm -hmm. They're the only, I think, out of all the Canadian cities that have teams right now, they're the one that if they go far, people pay attention. Oh, yeah. And have the most fans down in the States. My favorite stat about game seven against the Bruins was that the Bell Center sold out for game seven mm-hmm. in Montreal. The game was in Boston. Yeah. That's which freaking is, crazy. Yeah, which is I love awesome. It. Which is yep. awesome. That you could have that many people like when they're showing shots of that and it was just awesome yep. seeing them that place go nuts. Mm-hmm. Um it shows you how big hockey is. Like who knows 
If that happened in St. Louis, who knows? I think you would not maybe sell the place out, but I think you could have something like that down at the Scott Trade and oh, I think so. Fill it up for especially. If I'd I would, go. I would go if I wasn't obviously would not be able to go. Chris has already pointed out that if there is a Stanley Cup clinching game somewhere in the in North America, he will be there. Yeah, for the Blues, he would do anything he can as long as it's in reasonable financial things. And he says hello as he is actually currently. Hanging out with Chris Jericho. He sent me a picture with him and Chris Jericho. Oh, very nice. So, I was Maybe like, they could right. do a wrestling podcast. Yes. I was like, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. So, he, so that's a good time. So, anyway, I'll be get your cup winner now. I'm throwing I'm put you on the spot. Well, when I picked this year, uh, when I picked the teams, I said the winner of the Sharks and Kings would definitely go to the Stanley Cup final. So you're and somewhat on I'm track. I'm still saying that. I think the Kings will go to the Stanley Cup final. Oh. Um, but I did say the Bruins would win the Cup. That was my pick, too. So Yeah, I said it was going to be Bruins and Kings. Um, so that's off. I'm telling you what, I am rooting so hard. I am rooting so hard for the Canadiens, I almost want to go buy a Canadiens jersey. Because I so badly want to see Canada back in the Stanley Cup final. And I want to see them win another Stanley Cup. And I want... It to be the Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Because, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Maple Leafs fans. Uh, the last team that we saw in the Stanley Cup final from Canada was Vancouver, and I hate them. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard to root for them. So I I finally have a Canadian team that I can root for. Yep. And and uh, I want it so bad to be them. I'm a big Carey Price fan. But if this, especially if this series goes seven games, Henrik Lundqvist is going to win out. I mean, so, that guy is... Yeah, he's been money in the oh, so far. And you know what? It's so funny. Like, he's starting to be branded that Roberto Luongo type that can't get it done. Like, there's a, I don't know if you've seen the I've contingency seen bit, of yeah. people that are like, oh, Lundqvist just can't get it done in big games. It's not him. It's the team. His yeah. Game 7 record is insane. He's like yeah. 7-0 and or 5-0 and or something. I think it's 5-0, yeah. I mean, it, the guy is is unbelievable when, he, when the game's on the line. Like... So I think this is going to come down to Lundqvist just honestly bettering Carey Price. I think it's going to be a goaltending duel. I think the Rangers go to the final. The media is going to love the fact there's going to be a Kings-Rangers final, if that's yeah, the case. God, they would. And I hate to say teams. it, but Kings are going to win the Stanley Cup. think so. That's my pick. Uh, I think Kings in six, if that's the case, uh, as I called it. But... Uh, there's just Jonathan Quick, man. I mean, he turns it on like one of those guys. You know, he has a decent regular season every year. Well, better than decent, but he's so money in the playoffs. He's yep. just always so good. And I, I think any team that beats the Blackhawks can beat anybody. Yeah. So I gotta go Kings. Okay. I'm gonna be virtually hated by all of St. Louis. Blackhawks, but I am picking uh, Chicago to come out of the West. Um, I'm going with the Rangers to sneak by the Canadians in seven. I think that's going to be a – I'm calling that probably going to be the best series of of the whole NHL playoffs. Ooh, let's just, hope. Just because I think uh, the Rangers, when they're on their game, man, they're a very entertaining team. Yeah. And when they're off their game, they just get destroyed. Yep. Um, and I think the Canadians are riding high right now. I think uh, the, P, the P.K. Subban love, is, love has been uh, – Outside of Boston, obviously, Universal. I'm, hey, I'm falling in love with him. That dude has uh, been very good, uh, showing that he's he's cleaned up his defensive game quite a bit. From the I've seen the playoffs, he was very uh, Eric Carlson ish. Yeah, I think, but he's showing that he can do both now. So I yep. think uh, 
kudos to him. Uh, but I think that the Rangers are going to sneak by. And as we alluded to earlier, I think Rick Nash is going to step up and uh, you know kind of show who he is in this series. I think the big spotlight is for him. So I'm calling Chicago and New York in the finals. And sorry, Blues fans, but I'm Uh-oh. going with – Chicago in six. Blackhawks lover. I am apparently, but <laughs> I'm going with, hey, but the Blues lost to the Stanley Cup champions. So that's true. That's, that's true. That's kind of what I'm riding on as well. So that's kind of like easy. My, this is the first time I've wore a blue shirt since uh, the last, I wore oh, this shirt boy. since we were out. So <laughs> I just especially did it for today. It kind of hurt to put it on, but my boycott had ended for today. You know, go back on for today until training camp starts. Good, good. That's good. That's to how hear. it is. So uh, I'll do a quick wrap-up, just kind of give everybody an idea of what we're going to be doing. Chris and I discussed, due to our schedules and kind of how things are, uh, since we're mostly a Blues you know, Central podcast, obviously by our name, Blues Hockey Podcast. So we're going to probably do a NHL playoff wrap-up slash draft preview show around the draft, which is the end of June. So don't expect another show probably till maybe the weekend, maybe the week of the draft. We'll probably record the weekend before the draft. That'd be a good Stanley Cup final wrap-up time, too. Yep, that's a figure to be hopefully around that time. I figure yep. to be pretty close to it. Um, and then after that, we'll probably do a draft wrap-up. So you might have a couple of shows back-to-back, like kind of in a couple of weeks there. Uh, and also a free well, agency I'll, I'll be at the draft, and so maybe we could do a little live from the draft. So segment. I might. Maybe we might do that. Yeah. be on for a little bit. Maybe have you, give you a little bit of time to fill in there since you might have a little downtime, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I usually do draft. a little bit. After that first round... Uh, Second, well, the first round's the first night. It's on Friday. It's on the Friday and night. Second, it second through seventh is on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, which, all by all the way, goes so much quicker because they don't do like the whole present, the minutes. whole presentation. And yeah, it's just like five. Like yeah, it's five literally picks are just, just oh, uh, the Colorado Avalanche select, blah blah blah. Thirty seconds later, the St. Louis Blues select, blah blah blah, and it just it just keeps going. Yeah. But yeah, like that after the second or third round, you get into these guys that nobody's heard of. You're like, okay, it's just kind of like, all right, uh, like when I went in 2012, I recorded the Puck Podcast with Eddie while the draft was going on, just because it's like it's we so don't know these time. guys. What are we going to report on? Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll have to do something like that. That'd be yeah, fun. We'll set something up then. Um, and then after the free agency, we'll probably do maybe the first week of most guys sign within the first week, maybe even two weeks, depending on uh, Chris and I schedule. Cause it's like July 4th and also quarter and close for me. So I'm ridiculously busy at work. Right. So maybe the second week we'll kind of do a wrap up of any of the blues assigned other big free agency signs. Maybe we'll have some Paul Stastny news. You never Paul know. Stastny. And of course they're going to acquire Jason Spezza and, and uh, at some point they're going to decide to fire Ken Hitchcock too. Yeah, and, so, and Jackman will be traded for Malkin. Jackman will so be we'll traded. Have, well, yep. the best top three forward. That's going to be great. Three, yeah. I can't wait for that show. We'll have an all-star team basically. <laughs> so we'll have uh, that news, and then after that we'll be done till training camp, and then training camp we'll be firing all cylinders. And I think Russ and I talked about we're going to do a complete uh, draft. Uh, excuse me, a complete season preview of every team. And divide that up into divisions. That's then, the way to do it. And that's how we're going to do that. So I think that's the... You know what you guys should do? And this is completely off the... Uh, I don't want to say out of my butt. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah. Um, you should get one of the little recorders. And you guys should go to training camp and record a show. There. Right there. Actually, at training at camp. camp. That's not a bad idea. That'd we'll be cool. To, we'll talk to it and talk to Chris and see... Uh, He'll be for it, so I don't know why I said I'll talk to Chris. Yeah, it's, right. just, it's a matter of just us doing it, so that might be an option. Uh, yeah, so that'll be the uh, general thing, and then I'm pretty excited that 
Jeff will actually be on uh, my team, and then we'll be playing some floor hockey coming up yeah, here baby. this summer. So that'll be kind of our thing. Maybe Korean and Chris will fill you guys in with that if anybody cares. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be good times. So I'll you, start a. Uh, do you get the reference of the team name by chance? Smell the glove. Yes. I mean, smell the love. Smell. It's actually uh, from the movie Spinal Tap. I haven't seen that in so long. So no, I haven't. Chris, okay. uh, Chris came up with that, and I was like, "Oh, I get it." So I've I have seen half of Spinal Tap. Okay, so I got it. But I was like, "Okay, I'll deal with it." It's a floor hockey name, and you can have fun with it. So, well, there we go. Cool. So a little uh, little extra there. Uh, for in closing, thank you, Jeff, for uh, coming on the show. Kind Thanks for having for me. Uh, so give everybody a general idea of where they can find your work. Via well, writing, via watching you talk about blues. If you want to complain about how the uh, Blues Hockey Podcast website looks, <laughs> I'm the guy to contact because uh, I'm the one that developed it for Chris, but or not Chris, uh, but Jason. Jason. Well, both of you. Both of us, technically. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at jponder94. That's J-P-O-N-D-E-R-9-4. Um, you can also uh, check out uh, my website, Still going. I uh, haven't had many additions lately, but the Hockey Podcast Directory, uh, that is uh, where you can find pretty much any podcast out there that, uh, well, at least that I have in my slate. Uh, lots of different shows on there for every team, so it's kind of cool. But um, also, as we mentioned at the top of the show, KSDK.com, their sports page. Uh, you can find my writing there. Everything I write gets posted there, as well as our face-off show. Uh, so also, if you would like to tweet us questions uh, for us to read live on our web show on KSDK.com, use the hashtag face-off show, all one word. Um, so definitely check that out. I'll give a little shout out to my co-host on that show as well. Mike Pepping, you can follow him on Twitter at P E P 30. Uh, and, uh, you can also find both of the stuff that we write. I said already KSDK.com, but also the hockeywriters.com. Most of our stuff gets posted to the blues page over there, but, uh, we are kind of all over the place. Like I just wrote something about Milan Lucic, mm-hmm. so obviously you're not going to find that on the Blues page. So uh, check us out. We're all over the place, but the best way to get in touch with me is through Twitter. So make sure you write down that uh, Twitter handle. Yep. Uh, so I usually run up we treating both of your uh, stuff. Just so yes. everybody knows, I like reading it. So thank you for that. Yeah. And also, if you want to find us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL, all one word, obviously. Also, we are on Facebook under a Blues Hockey Podcast. And also, if you'd like to email us, the email uh, is working, apparently. So if some days <laughs> I'm like locked out for some reason. I don't know why. I'm like, so I have to keep constantly changing the password. But blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. Any questions, comments, complaints, love, whatever you want to <laughs> give us. So And also, Chris, um, at Hossapalooza. I'm not going to do all. He has a crazy spacing on his. <laughs> so you can find him on, on our uh, followed page. Uh, so thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Thank you. I gave everybody kind of a heads up on what we're going to do. So you'll probably talk to us in a couple weeks. Yeah, you guys will be hearing from me. So there you go. So thanks for listening. Yep. Let's go, Blues.